Now you can come with the suitcase if you've got that that mindset that you you're curious about what Yogi Triathlete offers. Well, they offer mindfulness. There must be something to that. Uh, they offer yoga. Hmm. I gotta get curious about that. Um, plant based nutrition. I never thought about changing my diet. Um, I just thought I just wanted to be an endurance athlete and go run long or do a long triathlon. So if they've created a business that's bringing all of this together, there's got to be something to it. And so that curiosity is what is the thread I'm looking for. Um, also, um, athletes that are like, they're frustrated. You know, they're at, they're at the boiling point of, of frustration with, with where they are at in their training and where they are at in their life. And so this is quickly a conversation we can have about, is this something you really want to do? Is running something you want to do? Is triathlon something you want to do? Is moving the body something you want to do? It is? Okay, well, that's great. Then I think that we can work together. It's questioning your beliefs and your habits and your patterns that have gotten you this far. And there's a uh, there's an uncomfortable, swirly sensation inside that says, there's got to be another way. This isn't this doesn't quite feel right. I've done this, this, and this. and for years and it just doesn't feel right. So maybe I need to open my mind or crack that window open a bit and just see what, what all of this um, mindfulness and yoga and plant-based nutrition and, tr- and endurance training is all about. Because it seems like the people that work with Yogi Triathlete are drinking the Kool-Aid and smiling and living a more joyful life and changing sports quite often from you know road running to trail running, from triathlon to running to, you know, strength and mobility to just yoga and meditation like it it's really a powerful place to to meet the athlete where they're at and and have a conversation about where they want to go like really where they want to go Hello, Yogi Triathlete community. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the place where we share stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. I'm Jess, and today I am your host, your sole host. No co-hosting in this episode because my love and Team YT head coach BJ, along with Yogi Triathlete's run coach Liz, are my guests today. That's right. I'm asking the questions, and they're giving me their most authentic answers. Why authentic? Well, for one, they have no idea what I'm going to ask them. And for two, I know these guys and they're going to be practicing present moment awareness as the conversation ensues. They know beyond doubt that the present moment is the only place where they can fully access their potential. In fact, present moment awareness has been recognized as the essence of peak performance in sport. As for me and these questions, well, They flowed through me within minutes yesterday. It was a challenge to keep up with the pace in which my fingers were striking the keyboard. So I must trust that as they were delivered through me, they are to be delivered to our guests today. A big shout out to our Patreon community. Thank you guys so much for your support. You are the sole reason why this podcast is commercial free. We currently have 36 patrons, like 36 out of, you know, thousands of people who listen to the show. And we're just over halfway to our monthly monetary goal. So it's not the numbers, right? It's like these people pulling together and really making a statement for what they want, which is uninterrupted stream of information. So if the YT podcast 
are assisting you in living a better version of yourself, allowing you to flow through life with a bit more ease, or simply waking you up to your power as a co-creator in this universe, then make your pledge at patreon.com forward slash yogi triathlete, where for as little as $5 a month, you can make a positive impact on this stream of information from the YTP and Awake Athlete podcast. We are a small business, you guys, and we have a massive global mission, and we really appreciate your support. So, all right, let's dive in with Yogi Triathlete coaches, Liz and BJ. Good morning, BJ, and good afternoon, Liz. Hello, hello. Howdy. All right, <laughs> we're diving right in. Here we go. Liz. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she picked me first. Take I'm a breath. I'm calling in the big guns. <laughs> I'm, already planning, I'm already planning my answer. What did coaching feel like when you started? Yes, in present moment does have lots of pauses. So take your take your pause and then you'll take your applause. It felt super scary. Mm. It took me a little while to really say I was a coach. Like I was more comfortable sharing personal stuff about myself or my training than I was about saying I am a coach. Um but I've definitely, so it was scary, starts out scary, just like a trail run. Oh my God, I'm at the start line. Oh my God, I've got to run 30 miles. But you just start. And the further along I got on the journey, the easier it became to say, I coach. And now I'm, I just say it. Yeah, you got to do those scary things. It just brought me back to a moment where I had been doing massage for a long time. I mean, people would come in with broken bones and displaced ribs and injuries and huge races on the calendar. And I just always felt so natural and comfortable in treating them. And when I started teaching yoga, it was the most petrifying thing in the world. And I remember like, I would go into the bathroom and pray and I would just be like, I can't wait until teaching yoga feels like it does to give a massage. And, you know, when I first started massage, it was super scary too. Um, and so how does it feel now as you've, as you, as you have, you know, taken the ascent to where you are now, you've grown so much. How does it feel now? Like joy. Mm. And I look inside myself more for the information I need to give my athletes. I don't, I used to, when I first started, it took me a little while just to have confidence in what I wanted to share with my athletes. And now I have no problem looking inside myself instead of looking at some running book or looking, you know, on the web. Um, I easily just, I just sit with the plan in front of me and I wait for a couple minutes and then I enter what they need. Nice. I love that. All right, next question. BJ, what is your job as a coach? Well, that's loaded. Well, get used to it because I got a whole bunch of questions that are loaded <laughs> with love. What is my job as a coach? Well, as, as a coach, my, my responsibility, I guess you could, you could transform it into, would be to provide a safe environment for athletes to, um, to pursue their goal. As simple as that, to to and, and to be that that uh, voice of um, to be that voice of present moment <laughs> um, attention. So, in one aspect, as a job, I, I I will be the guy to pick you up 
um, to give you encouraging words. Um, and other times I'll be the person to step back, um, just like Liz was describing, and just let it all just let it flow, let it just let it just present itself and be patient um, for the answers. And then other times it's it's literally to show up. Like, what is my responsibility? It's to be available to all our athletes um, when they need, um, when they're calling out and 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 looking for assistance. And that comes in many forms. You know, the the most visual one is a comment in Training Peaks or an email or a phone call or a text. The most challenging ones are the ones where they're not giving me any information. And as a coach. My job is to interpret what they're not telling me by what I'm seeing through the plan and what I'm seeing through patterns and habits that they've formed and be able to um, check my agenda at the door and simply um, what is in the best interest of the athlete for this uh, at this point in time because it's a fluid process. So, uh, yeah, I really th- I really feel it's it's more like a responsibility, but that's my job. Like, I... I owe it to them to to be my best um, in whatever capacity they need me at at that particular time. Nice. Good answers so far, you guys. You're scoring very well. Okay, here Who's we go. Who's winning? Um, <laughs> it's 1-1. One, one. <laughs> I mean, I'm winning because I get to host the show. So, All right, Liz, did you ever go on an obsessive search for the right shoe? <laughs> yes. What did oh, that yeah. look like? What did that look like? And what was the brand? And did you hoard? Was there ever a time of hoarding that brand of shoe? No, I, I no, I did not hoard a brand of shoe. <laughs> However, um, I did go outside myself to look for the shoe that was just going to make me run so amazingly and make it so easy. Um, and I went from Saucony to New Balance to Brooks, to Asics, to Brooks, um, all over the place. Um, I currently wear Hoka's. I just love Hoka's. They work well for my. F- I got to a point where <laughs> it's not the shoe. <laughs> I just got to do the work and show up. So yeah, I did. Look, it was it was comical, and actually, some of them are still in the closet downstairs. I need to donate. <laughs> but <laughs> how, however, what I did is for the kids last year when we could still be in school coaching. Um, uh, normally it was, um, I put all of them in a bag and they're sitting in coach Ben's office at the school. So, cause kids will show up and be like, I've got my shoes or some of them just need to try different shoes or the shoes they're wearing or bought. So they go into the bag. <laughs> so they're, yeah, they get a second life. All right. I like that. I think we've all been guilty of that. All right, Liz, <laughs> I'm going to stay with you for the moment. You talk a lot about staying in your own lane. What does that mean to stay in your own lane? Well, that's a great question because that's something I've been practicing for a while now and I'm tested on it every day with life, with running, with coaching. Um, Staying in my own lane means um, allowing the people you care about, and I care about the people I coach, so my coaching clients, my family, to to not get in the way of their learning on their journey here. Perfect. I think that's so simple and there's so much in there. Um, If I may take a little bit of meaning out of it, let me know if I'm wrong. Like you're not here to save them. And in fact, sometimes you've got to watch them run off the cliff. Yes. And uh, trust that the cliff is not too high. Exactly. And that's something 
it took me many years to learn. Um, and that it's amazing though, what a gift that is to the people around me mm. and to myself. It takes a lot of energy to get in other people's lanes. Yeah. And I don't think you can realize how much, what an energy suck that is until you get back into your own lane. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a huge energy suck. I, I feel more energy, energized now than I have in the last year combined, just yeah. from practicing that. Oh, I like that. Um, BJ, I think this is a, a nice flow from Liz's question, because I think there is a part of this, if not a huge part of this in staying in your own lane. What does it feel like to let go? Uh, it feels, uh, I think it feels awful <laughs> at first. It feels ter- horrific. Like, like you let go of the rope that's holding you up um, from falling down this cliff and you let it go. And it just, it's, te- it's terrifying and fearful and yucky and <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Um, but when you understand the purpose behind why you should let go, or not why you should let go, when you, when you feel that, that that merge of letting go and the, and the and the merging of the power you you attain from not relying on something outside of you to dictate um, how you react, act, move forward. So letting go is simply it, it, letting go is not is is not that you don't care. Um, letting go is is allowing allowing whatever the circumstance. Um, experience that's unfolding in front of you to take place. And it takes some self-regulation is something we talk about a lot. Having athletes, having self and coaches, having self-regulation, the ability to self-regulate yourself is, is a valuable skill. (laughs) And it's not one that, that I have come across that is innate in people. I I feel it's something that needs to develop. Um, and that happens through, through our coaching, uh, through experience. And when you, when you realize um, when you notice the things that you are attached to and you notice that they have some sort of, uh, power over you and Liz, let's talk about, uh, well, not let's talk about, but let's refer to your shoes. Like when you have that pair of shoes, you're attached to, I can only run fast when I have this pair of shoes. And then you create this false belief that if you don't have the shoes, you're not going to run fast. Now you've given yourself an out and you, and you're holding on to the shoes as the, as the rope. So when we allow ourselves to just simply, you know, um, use that energy that we're holding on to with other things, when we, when we use that energy for ourselves to know that we are all powerful standing alone, you don't need this particular type of shoe. Um, you just gain strength and power and confidence. I think confidence is what you gain back from letting go. Um, and belief in yourself that whatever decision you make, um, is in the best interest of you not not something outside of you nice another another point for bj liz you have a, you have a point too okay going back to liz <laughs> all right here's a good one because we're human so let's not pretend that our athletes and that includes mine don't trigger us so how do you navigate when an athlete either a comment or the absence of training or what do you do when an athlete triggers you 
or you get triggered by the athlete, right? So you're not a victim in this. They're not doing anything to you. But what do you do when you get triggered by an athlete? And then how do you proceed with the feedback process? That's a great question because that's evolved in me now. I'm where I was two years ago is definitely not where I'm at now. But um, now when I am triggered, I step away from the whole thing and I breathe, I go outside, I take the dogs for a walk. I, I used to think I had to respond right away or deal with whatever it was triggering me right away. And now I know a gift to myself and to my athletes are to stop, step away, and I'll know when the right time is to give feedback or to, ch- oftentimes, sometimes it's, hey, let's talk. Because I find that writing in training peaks back and forth isn't going to solve many of like something, especially if it's something that's triggering me or something's going on with them. It's easier to talk it through. Um, so yeah, I'd say the biggest thing I do is I step away. And sometimes it takes a little. Sometimes it means I have to journal. Sometimes I talk out loud to the dogs. <laughs> and sometimes um, I bounce things off of BJ. BJ and I bounce things off of each other. Um, and it helps. Sometimes I might not see something that he can see because he's objective and vice versa. So, Awesome. I love that. Another point from me. Yeah, another point for Liz. I'm losing right now. No, everybody's tied. <laughs> oh, no, you are winning. losing because it's your turn. It's like this is like in Scrabble. It's like, what's the score? Hold on. Who's next? Who started? Who is actually winning? Um, and we're taking a pause from Scrabble because uh, Clark ate the Scrabble board last night. Just side note, but we're not going to... He got gonna... in the box somehow. He, he got, got the in the box somehow, said, nope. I'm not going to eat the wood pieces, not the letters. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to rip the bejesus out of this board. Enough with spelling. Oh, okay. That's awesome. He's frustrated. He doesn't know how to spell. I get it. All right, BJ, what have you learned from seeing athletes fail? What have I learned from seeing athletes fail? Is or this like, take, what have I learned it... from when I, when I failed? Sure. Like, how has it influenced your coaching? How has it asked you to step up? How is it, you know, however you interpret the question is, is, gonna, is where your answer is going to be. Yeah. When I, when I, well, let me backtrack. When I, when I would, one of my greatest was fears in coaching was to see an athlete fail. Like, because I took on the ownership that they're failing because of me and because of my coaching or because of who I am as a person. I didn't have the right tools, certifications, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on, right? Unworthiness. <laughs> we can stack up a whole list of things I'm not supposed to be good at based on the information that's on paper. Uh, but in, but what, it's, what it showed me is, is that it's over time, it's not about me. It's not about um, myself. I, I don't need to internalize this and, and, and say that because... Because of their failure, um, 100% of that is, is because of the way that I worked with them through the process. So coming to that understanding is, is wow, what a, what a relief. What a, what a uh, energy suck that was. Um, but also that stress and pressure you put on yourself to be perfect. And as coaches, and I'll speak in general, um, is we have this responsibility, like I talked about, to, to, to coach these individuals or teams to be their best. And 
how they do that is there's not one perfect way. Um, there's no textbook certification person you're going to uh, have a conversation with that is going to give you the perfect um, recipe for the athletes that you're coaching. Every, those things are important and pulling pieces and threads from different coaches and books and podcasts and mentors is important. And then you create your own, um, your own formula, your own stew, I like to call it. So when athletes fail now, and I, you know, fail is such a strong word, learning is what we like to use in yoga. Like I'm learning to fall with ease. I'm learning to fall with ease and come back into, um, come back into alignment. So now when I see athletes, um, not, not fulfill their goal, um, I, if they start to go down that avenue of, of beating themselves up, I have the objective view to, to, to pull them out of that and say, this is just one blip in, in your journey. This is just one um, attempt that you made to achieve the goal. And there's going to be many attempts and many growth spurts along the way. Let's call them growth spurts. So these growth spurts are going to keep happening. You're going to, you're going to come up with many goals over your lifetime in sport and in life. And you're going to hit some of them and some of them you're going to miss really badly. Um, but you're always going to pull away some sort of uh, lesson or learning from it that you can apply to the next adventure you're on. And it's always being receptive to what is being presented in front of you and not getting uh, attached so much to this, to the failure, to the failed attempt. And I can speak to, uh, you know, when I failed that Ironman in 2010, and it, I just walked away from the sport. It was like everything and, and anything about my life was this Ironman that I put all this into and I, and I DNF'd. And it took two years till I returned to the sport with a refreshed, renewed um, perspective that it's, it's just not about this one race, this one thing. Um, it's about so much more. And so when I see athletes uh, fail like that, it's, it's in pulling them out of that as quickly as possible. Let them have their, you know, 24 or 48 hours of like feeling like this is the worst thing in the world. But then we need to, we need to take that information. And now how can we move it um, into a plan that's going to build you up to be stronger and more aware of, of that, there, that there are many goals along the way and that we, you are going to achieve some and not achieve all. It's not an all or nothing thing. It's a little bit every day over a long period of time. All right, Liz, to me, in my mind, you epitomize Yogi Triathlete, the philosophies, the mission, um, you know, the foundations. And so what is all of like, what, how have you through the filter of your own mind, what is it about Yogi Triathlete that has, um, that you have allowed to influence your coaching, to evolve your coaching? What is it about the Yogi Triathlete philosophies that you have incorporated into your coaching that maybe before you knew of Yogi Triathlete, you didn't have those things? I would say the biggest one is meditation. Mm. Meditation, um, training the mind, whatever you want to call it. When you come down to it, it's meditation. <laughs> it, and it's at some point you need to sit still. Um, that's because that's where the biggest growth happens. It's, I always tell my athletes, it's not in running the miles. It's more than that. It's 
because running is just something you do. It's not who you are. I, I, and I would say that's the biggest thing for me in just working with Yogi Triathlete, meeting you guys, um, is I used to be so attached to these things as they were who I am. And now I know that they're not. And it's so relieving, <laughs> like, and relaxing and energizing to know that these are just things I do. It's not the end of me, like when I DNF a race. Mm. Um, and wanting to create a better world. And I'd have to say that going in, it's about going in because your outer world reflects your inner world. So the more you go in and really get in touch with what you want for you and who you are, the more your outer world will reflect that. And how could I not want to share that with everybody I possibly could? Yeah, I love that. 10 points for Liz. <laughs> 10 points for Liz. You know, I don't think I've ever shared this before. I mean, I've told the story of the instant when Yogi Triathlete was born. You know, I was in a yoga pose in our townhome in Boulder, which I estimate was probably 2002, 2003. And meditation and training the mind was the furthest thing from my mind when Yogi Triathlete was born. Um, it was very much like... There was, it was two parts. It was the physical, like, why are you running and not doing yoga? Because it's like a mind, it's a, I'm not even going to say that. It's not, I didn't even believe it to be a mindful movement at that time, but it's a physical, it's a stretch, it's a strength. And then also there was this unknown piece of like Ironman and yoga brought me to the same place and from very different places. And so that ended up being that internal journey that you get in endurance sports, whether you're running a 50 or 50K or 100 or doing an Ironman or whatever it is that you're doing, that it is that um, meditation then became the tool to go in to get to that place without having to go 140 miles. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't. And I never even thought about that until you just said it. Like meditation wasn't even, it was the furthest thing from my mind back in 2002 and 2003. And it wasn't until 2010, although I had dabbled and endured meditation time, time and again, it wasn't in 2010 that I started working with a teacher and I like was all in. That's really interesting. But I think that's how powerful of a tool that it is. You know, you start it, unearthing what yoga really is. And it's this, um, it's a journey of self-study and who are you? And, and then you understand everything about the mirroring effect and that the outer world reflects you. And yeah, exactly. Liz, like, why would you not want to share that with everyone, you know, that's so beautiful. And, just, and I think it's important for people to know too, that just like you, I didn't just one day sit down for 30 minutes and sit there and meditate. Like, <laughs> I've been on this lifelong journey of self-discovery and learning who I, coming back to who I truly am. And it wasn't until I met, I had dabbled in meditation, never stuck with it consistently, would tell myself stories of, I like to move, I need to move. <laughs> you know, the old, I, I, I meditate when I run, I meditate when I walk. And those are forms of mindfulness. I, I totally agree with that. But to truly get in touch with who you are at your core you have to sit down. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done because I like to move. 
I like to move. Like even my kids sometimes say, can you just sit down? I have to like, but I'm much, well, I'm much better at it than now than I was, but I started with a minute and five minutes and that was torture. Now I sit for 30 minutes a day, <laughs> sometimes two times. Like, and sometimes I'll be like, you know what I need right now? I need a 10 minute. I'm just going to sit down. Yeah. I love it. It's like, I need like 10 milligrams of meditation. And it's like such a quicker effect, right? You don't have to wait for the drug to hit your bloodstream. Like it's right away, one breath, and you're already a couple milligrams into the, into the calm high. It's amazing. Well, plus, I'm, I mean, my family would attest to this. I'm a better person to be around. I used to be way intense. <laughs> I have my moments still. I'm human, but um, super intense, focused, you know, that person yelling at the person, cutting you off. Yeah. So everybody's lane was your lane. It totally was. <laughs> and everybody needed to come into my lane so I could tell them what to do because I have all the answers for God's sake. <laughs> oh boy, do I get that. Okay. BJ, part of being a coach is assisting people in finding their blind spots, right? Because their blind spots are where their limitations are hiding and athletes want to be their best. So how do you know, um, and I know it's a work in progress because I see it every day, when do you challenge and when do you just support? That's a great question. I think that takes a lot of self-regulation. Uh, first off, I think it takes perspective. Um, and like we coach here, each athlete is unique. So each athlete is going to struggle or have opportunities with different things. So it's getting to know the athlete, it's getting to know the athlete's behaviors and habits. And through the conversations we have, through Training Peaks, you know, the notes are such a, a huge thing um, because it gives insight into how they're feeling more so than the actual numbers. But the numbers do provide uh, some insight as well. And then, you know, you've got the other tools like social media and you can see that they're, you know, if somebody who posts a lot, um, all of a sudden stops posting, um, there's, there's definitely different things in this world that, that each individual, uh, gravitates to. So keeping a, a look on, it's that, it's that higher perspective, keeping a look on everything that's going on with this athlete's life. You can, you can start to form some sort of a, a picture of, of what they gravitate to most often and what they shy away from most often. And it can be a particular workout. It can be the meditation practice. It could be the time of um, season when they're training and they start to either ramp up or, or chill out when the opposite is actually what's needed. So you can start to formulate this picture of, let's just say an athlete, you know, is crushing it. They've got two strong weeks. And then all of a sudden, things start to start to die down on training peaks. It starts to go a little quiet. You, you hear crickets and then you'll, you'll see maybe the random comment, like I went out for a 30 minute run. Uh, the dog needed, um, the dog needed to be walked and then you don't hear anything. And then you're like, um, took the day off. Didn't, didn't feel like anything needed a rest and recovery day. So now you've got this pattern where they've shown that they can be consistent. They just had 14 days of straight consistency and then all of a sudden it's erratic. So that to me is a, is a light bulb to, you know, there's got to be something more here. So is this not challenging enough for them? Uh, are they getting too complacent or is there 
uh, something that we need to have a discussion about that they're too hesitant to share with their coach because maybe this isn't the, they don't feel comfortable yet in that environment, or they don't even know that we offer up, you know, a listening ear, like we're just there to listen and, and hear what you have to say without judgment. Uh, I think that's an important, important piece to what we do at Yogi Triathlete. It's listening without judgment. Um, the judgment usually occurs on the athlete's side. And I'm speaking for myself and, and Liz as well, um, that I coach her. As an athlete, we, we feel guilty. We feel that shame um, that we should be somewhere that we're not. And it's simply just having that conversation. So that the, all those things sort of paint a picture. Um, conversations, texts with athletes really, really allow me to see where they're at. And then, you know, let's, let's talk about challenges. Like I know an athlete that is just shows up every day and is, is, you know, I can't, I can't see enough green on his training peaks account. And over the consistent lifespan, let's just say six to eight months, like, okay, this legit, like, like they're, they're committed to the process. I can feel into um, their their performance through the numbers and through the feedback, but I can feel into like they're ready for something. And a lot of times I will simply just, uh, you know, it's no secret, I'll send a text and I'll be like, oh, so how do you think you navigated, how do you think you navigated last week? And so then I can, I can feel like their mind is probably like, okay, well, what's he talking about? Like training or what else happened last week? And you can, I can feel like their mind is probably spinning over. And how they respond to that shares, sh sheds a lot of light into where they're at. You know, if you get a detailed text or a detailed answer, you know that they want to talk, um, that they've got something to share. If you, if you see some quick answers, some short hits, mm, I think it's time to back off. Um, now is not the time to nudge and push and enforce your agenda. It's the time to, is, is the time to back off. And even backing off means putting in training peaks, clear it out. Meditate and do something you love for 15 minutes. Um, and then they do that. Great. Next day, do something you love for 30 minutes. Okay. Now we're, we're building some momentum. Now let's, let's put in a run with some strides. So, and we never even had a conversation with that athlete. It's just feeling the vibration. And I think, I think what Liz is talking about with meditation is when you get aligned and in, in that intuitive voice with yourself, you, you feel the energy of others more. Uh, you feel that energy, you have a stronger, compelling, um, uh, you can feel that vibration. So your family, I'm sure you can feel when your family is, is starting to feel unrest or stressed or unhappy or joyful, you can start to feel these things without them talking about it. And I think that self-reflection time as a coach, oh God, it's just, it's so valuable to not only yourself, but more so for the athletes around you. It's allowing that space to, to be with, to, to be with you because that you got to take care of yourself first, right? What's that analogy on the, oh, airplane, like you put a fast face mask, that oxygen, oxygen mask on yourself. Mask. Yeah. On yourself versus um, the kid, your kid or the kid, I guess, next to you, any kid, <laughs> put it on yourself first, then the kid. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's take care of yourself first. And then those, um, that ability to take care of yourself is going to translate to the athletes, knowing that they have trust and faith in you and that they do have permission to maybe um, take care of themselves in a, in a, in a manner that um, is, in, is in alignment with what you perceive them or where you perceive them to be. 
It was a long answer, I guess. What do you think? It was a good one. 20 think, points? I think you got five points. <laughs> what? Woohoo! Yeah, I think that's BJ. You should celebrate that. I was laughing when you were saying some of the stuff because I've been one of those athletes of BJ's. Like, how'd it go? Good. (laughs) And then I'm like, "What's good?" And then it's like, "Yeah." And then it's like silence. Yeah. So then it's like back off. (laughs) Then he shows me the phone and goes, "What do I do with this?" Just love her. (laughs) Open your heart and just love her. (laughs) So I feel that's like letting go. Letting go of that stuff is like so so much more powerful for the relationship down the road. Well, and I think it's what's funny is just that um, to add on a little bit is um, we're not here to parent our athletes or be disappointed. Like the judgment is so important. We're not here to judge. We want to see you reach your fullest potential. And sometimes that means us stepping back. And sometimes it means I'm going to ask the hard question. We can read between the words, guys. We feel it. Like with what you say, what you don't say, what's going on training peaks, what's not. Um, And it's not that we, the first day there's nothing, we jump all over. No, we kind of step back and just see, you know, just see. But we're here to guide. We really are. And it helps that you guys both have um, crystal balls. We do. I do. Like I have, it's, I have many it's, of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Crystal balls. I've got one. I know. Okay. And all I see is my big fat face in it, staring right back at me. Okay. So I think that's a good segue into this question for you, Liz. So an athlete has a goal, right? Yep. Fired up. Got the goal. Um, signs up with you. As a coach, as their coach, yeah, like, oh, now I got the goal, now I got the coach. What's the ideal way that this athlete works with you? What is this like kind of pie in the sky allows you to be your fullest potential as a coach, allows them to be at their fullest potential um, as an athlete? What does that day-to-day look like? That's a good question. Um, Well, if... I've had the conversations leading up to them wanting to work with me. They know how I work and how the day-to-day will look like. But a day in the life of being coached by Liz is you have a goal. There's something in Training Peaks for you to do that day. And usually I give more than just go run, you know. Um, There's either meditation if you're open to it or there's also – you know, some glute work and, um, and then they do the work. But then I've had situations where they have a goal and when am I doing a workout? Where's the workout? When am I doing my 20 miler? Like, shouldn't I be doing a 20 miler? Shouldn't I, you know, and that's when the real, to me, the real coaching is outside of the plan. (laughs) It's outside of the plan. So a day in the life of working with Liz means that I'm there for you every step of the way. And I'm going to support you in your goal. But you have to trust that I know where you are in this journey to help you get there. And what I'm putting in your plan today is what you need. Because if we don't have the trust 
it's not going to work going forward. And I'm there, check, like, I use Voxer a lot. If anybody knows that, the app Voxer, I'm communicating with my um, athletes most days, just saying, hey, checking in. If you need anything, let me know. And sometimes we're setting up phone calls. Um, I see something didn't get done on the plan for a couple of days. How's this going? We check in on the goal. Sometimes goals change. Sometimes they think they wanted a goal and this is what they wanted, but maybe they don't. And it's okay. But it's also asking the heart, is there fear involved here that you don't want the goal? The work's a little hard. It's different than what you thought. So I'm not sure if I'm answering that, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. So the, the ideal way of working with you is to follow the plan, communicate, do the work for the sake of the work. And don't worry about that 20 miler when you earn the right. You will do that. I love BJ says that like all the time. You got to earn the right. Earn the right. You got to earn the right to do 16 hill repeats. You got to earn the right to do 50 fifties in the pool. You got to earn the right. And you earn the, how do you earn the right beach? You do the work consistently that we're giving that we're giving all the time. And I took that from Jerry Rodriguez when he was on our podcast. I I feel very strongly about that. The swim coach at tower 26 just earning the right to do workouts that we all see the professionals doing. Because everybody sees that on social media and they feel obligated that this is where they need to go. And again, back to the unique individual. Where are you at? And from this perspective, I don't see you running 20 miles right now. Um, I just see a lot of um, sensation and and injury opportunity when when you would go and do that, let's just say. So I would say, let's go and do like, 10 miles. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so it's, it's, it's sifting and sorting through um, those preconceived beliefs that um, most athletes um, think that they need to do based on something that they see versus not uniquely um, who they are as a, as a human being. All right, Beach, mm. as you are on calls with potential athletes, people who have, you know, sent in a contact form, they get on the phone with you first. And then if they're running, they'll get on the phone with you and Liz, or they can go directly to Liz. But my question to you is when you're on the phone with potential athletes, what are you looking for? So it's kind of like you're, you're kind of interviewing them in a way too. What are you looking for to feel that they'll be a good fit for Team YT? I'm looking for... Uh, athletes to be open and and willing have the have the uh, ability to um, well first of all they came to us because they probably read the website or heard the podcast so they they've heard our voices so they know that we don't we're not the status quo we're not like you know a templated um, coaching business so I'm looking for someone who is curious about another way um, and and someone who is. Um, not going to package up in a in a suitcase their beliefs and and um, stronghold that with with their jumping on board with the team you know bringing dragging that suitcase along with them because this is everything that they have built over time now you can come with the suitcase if you've got that that mindset that you you're curious about what yogi Trathley offers well they offer mindfulness there must be something to that uh, they offer yoga hmm you got to get curious about that. Um, plant-based nutrition. I never thought about changing my diet. Um, I just thought I just wanted to be an endurance athlete and go run long or do a long triathlon. So if they've created a business that's 
bringing all of this together. There's got to be something to it. And so that curiosity is what is the thread I'm looking for. Um, also, um, athletes that are like, they're frustrated. You know, they're at, they're at the boiling point of, of frustration with, with where they are at in their training and where they are at in their life. And so this is quickly a conversation we can have about, is this something you really want to do? Is running something you want to do? Is triathlon something you want to do? Is moving the body something you want to do? It is? Okay, well, that's great. Then I think that we can work together. It's, it's, questioning, um, it's questioning your beliefs and your habits and your patterns that have gotten you this far. And there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's an uncomfortable, swirly sensation inside that says, there's got to be another way. This, isn't, this doesn't quite feel right. I've done this, this, and this and for years, and it just doesn't feel right. So maybe I need to open my mind or crack that window open a bit and just see what what all of this um, mindfulness and yoga and plant-based nutrition and, tr- and endurance training is all about because it seems like the people that work with Yogi Triathlete are drinking the Kool-Aid and smiling and um, living a more joyful life and changing sports quite often from you know road running to trail running, from triathlon to running to you know strength and mobility to just yoga and meditation. Like it, It's really a powerful place to to meet the athlete where they're at and, 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 and have a conversation about where they want to go, like really where they want to go. Um, and I love having these calls. I can say in my previous life, when I was in corporate America, like getting on the phone was, uh, not comfortable to me at all. I was like, email me or leave a voice message and I may get back to you. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. How, how about that for, um, <laughs> Good karma, bad karma. Um, but now I, I, I can't wait to talk to athletes. Like, if you want to have a call? Hit, hit Liz and me up. I, I know Liz is in the same boat. Like, let's, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. It, it doesn't have to be uh, an hour long drag out fest. It can be a five minute. How you doing? What do you want? What do you want to know about us? Here's what I want to know about you. I think we're a good fit. Let's work together. Awesome. All right. You kind of, you set. Liz up perfectly for the next question, you guys. See, this is the power. That's bonus bonus points for sure. (laughs) And this is the power of presence, you guys, like just letting these conversations flow. Um, So Liz, let's say you've got an athlete who is just, they're done with the pattern that has no longer serving them. They're just done and they're done for real. Like they decided and now they're going to make good on that decision. Okay, because we know that we can say, I'm over it. And they're not over it. So, but this athlete is like, that's it. I'm done. I've been doing this for years. This no longer serves me. How do you begin to assist them in breaking that pattern and adopting a new pattern? Ooh, that's a good one. BJ, don't peek at well, the questions. I was looking at Liz's. Hey, that's not fair. I was looking at the questions. <laughs> Scroll down. I want to see what. You guys can't see, but they're sitting next to each other, and I'm on the other side of the country. I'm covering so up. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so they're sick of the pattern. So when you say they're sick of the pattern, do you mean that they've 
been doing it on their own, but they want something different because yeah, it's not working. Let's say they're... So they haven't, or they're sick of the pattern I've been giving no, them. <laughs> no, 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 no. They come to you because they're like, I'm... It could be a belief system. Like, I'm done thinking that this is a scary world. Or I'm done believing that I'm an injured runner. I'm done always going, 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 and I don't know how to sit down. So whatever the the behavior is, they have decided, I need to break it, and I... Liz seems to be like somebody who can assist me in breaking this pattern because it sounds like she's broken a few in her life. Yeah. So when you get to almost 54 (laughs) years old, you've broken a few patterns. Um, um, So first, if they were coming to me and be like, I want to break this story, I'm like, first of all, I want to understand the story and where it came from. Like, where did this story and belief pattern come from? It came from somewhere. And it was working. why, Why is it no longer working for you? What changed? Did you read something, see something, or just you got like a hit in your heart that said, this isn't working for me? Like what happened? Why, why is this your suck enough moment? Is this, it sucks enough. I'm done. I've seen Liz sharing her inspiring (laughs) journey (laughs) on Instagram, Um, coming back from DNFs and injury, (laughs) sensation. No. but I, I have a, I want to, I want to understand them and where this story and belief came from. It's not me just trying to fix the pattern. Of, okay, let's do this, this, this. No, I, I need to understand them and where it came from and start teeny tiny. Like, okay, we want to change, but let's just change it a little bit. Let's just take a teeny step forward with that. Let's see how that feels. And then the more of those teeny tiny steps they take forward, I will help them switch that story and change it to the story. They, because a story and a belief or a habit that's no longer working just means that they, it's time for them to shed something so that they can move further along on their journey. So in order to do that, we have to strip away where that story and belief came from and take teeny tiny steps forward to help create a new story and belief that's in line with where they are right now. Whoa, Liz, you've been doing some work on yourself. That was amazing. (laughs) Seriously. I I have this great mindfulness teacher and this... (laughs) Who used to be a total psychopath. (laughs) If I can do it, anyone can do it. Okay. Let's see. BJ, why did you become a coach? I I recall always wanting to be a basketball coach. I just wanted, I just loved basketball so much and played it so much that I wanted to teach others that, that, uh, the way to, (laughs) the way to success was to do, was to do repetitive, um, skills over and over again. So I wasn't the basketball player that was trying to do like flip de doos and like half court shots and all that. I was the athlete that would go and take a hundred shots from the top of the key side to side, like over and over and over and over and over because those skills that you build through repetition, the base skills will allow you to do the creative stuff later on. So I wanted to be a basketball coach. And then, uh, once I stopped playing basketball because of triathlon, it just, I loved, I loved it so much. Plus I was getting injured nonstop playing basketball. Um, I love triathlon so much. And then in 2014, I had that um, opportunity in the body and it took me out of the sport 
that I was attached to, and I realized I was extremely attached to it. And so uh, I wanted to still find a way that I could be involved um, in helping others achieve something um, in sport and in running. And that's when I, I, I remember it so clearly, I offered up two free coaching spots, you know, free. I, I'll take on two people free. One was your cousin and one was um, Michael Valentine, who reached out and um, wanted to do triathlon coaching. So I had your cousin who was doing, I think, sprint triathlons. And he was doing, I think, an Olympic distance. Anyway, I took on two free coaching um, clients because I just wanted to to share um, the workouts that I would do and, and knowledge that I had over, you know, 12 years, I think, at that point, and allow others to benefit from it because I was down and out. I couldn't run. I couldn't walk. I couldn't swim. I really couldn't do anything. Um, so I did go down that that avenue of, you know, sadness and, and, you know, victim mentality of, you know, why this happened to me. And, and I was able to switch that around through meditation um, and through a mindfulness practice to see what could I do. And it's so funny because I'm actually in that spot right now where I'm like, what can I do? I made a list the other day of like 30 or 40 things of what can I do versus focus on what I can't do. So as I became a coach, that that opportunity with those two athletes really just jump-started everything. And so as I was working a corporate job, I started to coach more athletes on the side and then shed the corporate job. And now this is my full-time gig. Yeah. And then another thing with the birth of Yogi Triathlete, having a team, that was, that was never, it was just something. It was something. I knew it was something. I didn't know what it was, but it was a seed and it got planted in that moment. And then it's just amazing. And and when I look at you, Liz, and, and uh, connecting with you years ago on Instagram, and I remember, like I remember when we got the message on Instagram, we were putting out that we were having a plant-based nutrition workshop at Rhode Island Power Yoga, and you were just like, yay, I can come to this one. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to meet her. And then it was We're going to meet running on venti. We're going to meet running on venti. Yeah, yeah running on venti. Who doesn't want to meet running on venti? Seriously. <laughs> Who doesn't want to coach with running on venti? My God. <laughs> Certainly not a coffee lover. Um, and it was like that day when we met you, it was like, there was like a missing piece to Yogi Triathlete. Like, came in. And so, um, you know, we hope that you're with us forever and, um, that's our selfish desire, but I want to ask you like pie in the sky, what does your future look like with team Yogi triathlete as a coach? Pie Um, in the sky. Dream big. Pie in the sky. I see people lining up to work with me and Yogi triathlete. Like we're all in this together. I could easily do coaching on my own. Like, and my ego sometimes will come in, like, because it's an ego and I'm human, be like, Liz, you know, come over to this side. <laughs> but I, why not work together? There's enough for everybody. Like, I feel at home, like, working with Yogi Triathlete, working with you guys, knowing you guys, doing what we do, being a part of it. Um, I can't imagine being anywhere else, to be honest. And to be able to somehow create a better world through what we're doing, um, my pie in the sky would be to help as many people as possible 
get to know who they truly are in this world right now and on their journey before I die. Before I shed this body. BJ, what is the future of Team Yogi Triathlete? What is your grand vision? Grand vision is to have multiple coaches, locations, training camps, uh, professional level athletes, uh, amateur athletes, and um, all while you, me, and Liz are all still part of, of, of that epic, uh, huge empire I'm painting a picture of right now, that we are such a, an integral part of the daily piece of it, and that we get to a point where you know, people come to us and they're like, oh my God, you, you coach triathlon and you coach running? That's so amazing. You know, I came to you guys because you, you, you inspire and, and you allow us to question, like, is there something more in, in my life that I should be living right now? Because you know what? Death is not too far off. It's always knocking um, at the door. And this time here is super limited. So um, we need to to live life and take it by the the take it take take it by the horns like today, like now. And and you guys offer that up for us. You give us permission to to seek that opportunity. And so I, I really see Yogi Triathlete expanding um, to a, a worldwide community. It already is. We have athletes. You know, we've had ha- had athletes all over the world. And it's just a matter of time. Um, and I want to, you know, jump on the, the back of what Liz was saying, like do as much as we can with the time that we have while we're here. And to do that, uh, I want to have as many meaningful conversations as I can. I want to, I selfishly want to take one, you know, at least one, if not a hundred athletes from like, oh, I think I should do this sport to like, oh my God, I'm, I'm lining up for my first professional race. I never thought this was possible. Um, I believe firmly in what we're doing at Yogi Triathlete is much more than sport. Um, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, an, it's, an, it's a permission to live, our, our, live the life that we're meant to live, not the one that we feel we ought to be living. Hmm. Liz, any closing thoughts as we wrap this up? I want to just give you that space if you have anything you want to add or share to the community that's listening. I just agree with everything BJ said. And I, I would just add on that, like, I think I call it lifing. Like, it's about lifing, this whole thing we're doing here. Because it's, yes, there's the movement, there's the triathlon, there's the running, there's the yoga, there's all of it. But it's a, it's also about, incorporating all this and meditation into our lifing because life life isn't stagnant lifing is a verb it's something we're meant it's always changing always moving always it has momentum it's only our minds our thoughts that tell us otherwise so yeah awesome i you guys are amazing i mean both of you i know up close and personal are really doing the work and I think we are redefining what it means to train the mind in endurance athletics. And there may be some people doing what we're doing out there, but you know, 
uh, as a community, Yogi Triathlete community, no one is doing what we're doing. And um, it's been a charge off the front from the beginning. And it's been scary and it's been incredibly lonely at times and incredibly like over the moon exciting. And, you know, people will drop an email or a quick text to us that just is fuel for all of us to keep going. And so I'm so honored to work with both of you. I didn't get through all my questions, so I think we're going to have to do this again. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Jess. And Jess, we feel the same way about you. Well, I'm, I know BJ's married to you, but I feel the same way about you. Thank you. <laughs> BJ, do you feel the same way about me? I love you. I know. I love you too. <laughs> so much. 